Hey, uh, welcome uh, this morning. Uh, if you're visiting with us, a special welcome, and, and uh, thank you for joining us. I know that you're going to have a, a great time here uh, with our church family. My name's Seth, and I'm the uh, lead pastor here at Short Elam Church. And this, uh, this month, we're into missions month. <clears throat> it's right there on the screen uh, to remind all of you in case I forget. Uh, but we're into missions month, and during this month, we take uh, the opportunity just to focus on missions and the role of missions uh, within the church uh, and as a church and also as uh, Christians. And over the past year, uh, over the past three years, uh, our missions fund has gone towards uh, numerous things. Uh, so we've uh, been supporting our overseas missionaries uh, through that fund. Uh, a few years back, you would remember that we purchased a laptop for an educational school in Cambodia. Uh, that we sent over there. Uh, we've supported the local school, Onipoto Primary, uh, through that fund in various ways. And uh, more recently, we gave uh, a donation to the New Zealand Bible Society uh, for their, their outreach to children, for the children's books that they do over Easter. Um, and we also gave uh, an offering to, or a gift to the Papakura Elam Christian Centre Church plant. And uh, the, main, the main thought around our missions fund is that for us, it's a fund that we give away from, uh, from our church, so that as a church, uh, we're blessing others. And so as much, much like there's the principle of giving to, uh, giving to church for us as individuals, uh, we also believe that it's important for us as a church to exercise uh, the principle of giving away towards the kingdom of God and what God is doing through other churches and through other organizations. And so we've been really blessed that over the last three years, we've had the funds uh, to be able to do that and to be able to sow and bless the community and the wider uh, work of God's kingdom. So on behalf of, uh, on behalf of just our leaders, um, thank you again for all your generous giving, uh, which allows us to do that and which allows us to give. Uh, and because uh, this is Missions Month, as per normal, we will be allocating 10% uh, of this month's giving towards uh, that fund for our future local and global missions work. So there you go. I've told you what missions is all about with us and what we've been up to. And no doubt throughout the, the month, we'll give you some more updates on what we have planned. One of the definitions given for the word missions is this, that it's an important assignment given to a person or to a group of people. And that is often in reference uh, to uh, also uh, sending people abroad, sending people overseas. And it's also described as a purpose for which a person or group of people is sent. So the biblical word missions uh, comes from the Latin root word, which means to send or to be sent. And so uh, we have this idea of uh, churches sending people out into the missions field, sending people out uh, overseas, uh, which is church missions. We have uh, political missions where politicians are sent abroad or when they're sent uh, to do a certain mission. Uh, that what The word is used in that way. We have military missions, which is how the word is also used, where the military is sending people out. And then we have some husbands who may have been sent by a pregnant wife on a pie mission at 1.30 in the morning because uh, they have some hungering, craving things that you do uh, when you're pregnant. 
Uh, but this morning, I want to share with you a message of the church's mission or commission as we look at Jesus' life mission uh, in a message that I've called uh, this morning, Jesus from sent to sender. And my hope is that we leave uh, here uh, encouraged, uh, inspired, and with a new outlook of the mission that we're all called to. So uh, put your hand up if you are a missionary. Cool. I'm hoping that by the end of today, when I ask that question again, every hand is going to go up. Let's see if we can get there, right? 1 John, verse 4, uh, chapter 4, sorry, 14 to 15. It says, And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be, a, to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in him. Jesus was sent to earth on a mission. Now, even if we think that missions is something that happens abroad, which is much bigger than that, we need to understand that Jesus was a missionary in foreign land. Jesus' home was the kingdom of God. And earth, he was in foreign land, ministering to humanity. Luke, 9, Luke 19 verse 10 tells us that the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. That is the mission. Jesus, sent by God on a mission to seek and to save that which is lost. And our key verse this morning comes out of Matthew 18, verse 20. It's up on the screen. It's also on your handout notes this morning. And it says this, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Who else can say amen to that? Hey, turn to the person next to you and say, God is with you always. Jesus is with you always. <clears throat> so this passage is referred to as the Great Commission of Jesus. It's Jesus sending his disciples out on a mission. And it's a mission which to this day and which will forever be the church's mission. It's your mission. It's my mission uh, as individuals and also as a corporate body. And the passage is often viewed as having three commands. Go, baptize, make disciples. Go, baptize, make disciples, or teaching uh, obedience in God as a part of making disciples. And it's a mission that Jesus lived out in his own life. And so this morning, I want to show you why I believe uh, even if you're not called to do missions abroad or to do missions uh, overseas, that you have a mission to engage in just where you are as a follower of Jesus. 
in everyday life by seeing how, by seeing what we can learn from Jesus' mission here on earth. And so the first point, if you're taking uh, notes this morning, that we can apply to the call of God and to our personal mission in our own lives is that it was the Father's will. Jesus was fulfilling the Father's will. So just as we were instructed to go, as we were instructed to make disciples, to baptize them, to teach them, Jesus was also instructed by the Father to come to earth as a servant to humanity, to seek and to save the lost. John 6 verse 38, it says, For I have come down from heaven not to do, the, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. So Jesus didn't come down to fulfill uh, his desires, nor do I believe are we created to fulfill our own desires, but he came to fulfill the will of the Father. And get this, Jesus knew that part of the Father's will was that he was going to die, that he was going to be killed, that he would be hated and turned on and betrayed. And at one point, he even asked the Father to take that mission away from him. You know, when God asks us to serve out a mission, be it a big mission to go overseas, be it a mission just in our local community, maybe it's something that you're just sent to do for your neighbor. When God sends us a mission to reach out to a person, it's not always going to look the way we want it to. It's not going to feel the way we like. It's not going to be as comfortable as we want it to be. And it's never going to happen as quickly as we wish. Anyone ever experienced those moments with God? You just don't like how it feels. You just don't like how... You know, I just, I don't know. It drives my patience when God's trying to get me to exercise patience. But he is God. But it never feels or goes as we want it to. And that's been a very real challenge for us uh, within the community at Onipara. You know, as we kind of assess what we're doing there with weekly deliveries, with going in uh, and serving there, you know, I've wondered if uh, what we're doing is making a difference. Have you ever done something for God and wondered if it's ever making a difference? Or reached out and you've sowed into people and sowed into people and you've wondered if it's making a difference? Uh, you know, I've wondered that uh, with Onipoto, with uh, supporting the school. Uh, we support a lot of the families there weekly with our weekly deliveries. And it's easy to kind of look at that and, and as we see nothing's happening or we perceive nothing's happening, uh, kind of go, well, let's just save ourselves a whole lot of money. Let's save ourselves a whole lot of time, a whole lot of energy, and let's shut it down. Anyone felt like that in ministry, in your life? But you know, not that long ago, 
God called us into that community. And we went in believing that it was the God, that it was the Father's will, that it was God's will. You know, I believe that God is sowing seeds into that community that will one way reap a harvest for God's kingdom. That'll one day reap a harvest for him. And so we've remained faithful there and we've continued to serve there. And we'll keep doing that until God tells us to put it down. You know, I've seen so many leaders in ministry put down their ministry before God told them to. They've given up because things got hard. So often we don't want to go and do missions or we don't want to reach out because there is a very real cost to us. And it's not just the cost of time. Finances, emotions, relationships. But when you believe that God's got a will there, that it's the Father's will, then there is always hope that the harvest will come. Amen? And so we remain faithful in that area, and we'll continue to serve and meet the needs there, regardless of how things may look, regardless of how things may feel, regardless of how hard things get, because God is our strength. And God is the one who will keep us in perseverance. You know, I went on Monday and, and met with the principal of Onipoto School. And uh, she mentioned that they've got a whole lot of churches who are connected to the school. A whole lot who contact them, who, who kind of stay connected with them. A whole lot who kind of try and uh, pull resources uh, through the school. Uh, and, and as I was talking to her, um, she was mentioning this, and she said, uh, you know, there's, there's a whole lot of people there, but there are only two churches that are involved with them and their families. And she said, sure, Elam Church is one of them. And so, and so we now have a level of grace and a level of favor with them that we've not seen the whole time that we've been working with them. You know, this year we shared that there were kids in that community who hadn't heard the story of Jesus. And that was one family. I actually think it's a lot worse than that. I think we're getting generations now that aren't hearing the story of Jesus as their parents aren't church-going parents. What a mission field. Now, Jesus was obedient to the Father's will. And I believe that we're called to accept and be obedient to the great commission of the Son. To be sent by God is a privilege and an honor. And so as God calls us to go, Let's go knowing that he is with us, amen? Always, always with us. Secondly, this morning, it was for humanity's gain. Jesus' mission 
was for the benefit of all mankind. What did we gain? John 3 verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Here's what we gain. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. The gain is that whoever believes in God will not find themselves in hell. A place where 2 Thessalonians says says people will be punished. 2 Thessalonians 1 will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. That Matthew 13 verse 50 says is a blazing furnace where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That doesn't sound like a very nice place to spend eternity. But here's the great news. Here's the good news. Jesus gained for us a gift and a victory of salvation. And he didn't just gain it for us. He gained it for everyone else who hasn't heard the message of Jesus. He's gained it for everyone else who is outside of the kingdom. You know, it's the good news of salvation. It's the good news of redemption. And it comes by grace alone. It comes through faith alone. In Jesus Christ alone. See, that's the message of the mission. That's the message that I believe needs to burn so much in our hearts. That it begins to bother us. That family and friends aren't hearing you. so much in our heart that it bothers us that people we're in relationship with aren't hearing you. That's the mission. And if you're here this morning and you haven't been given the opportunity to enter into that, to enter into the kingdom, to enter into that relationship, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that shortly. But Jesus' mission and our mission was to go, to reach the lost, make disciples. And remember, disciples are people who are learners of Jesus, followers of Jesus, people who are sitting and wanting to glean from our Savior. Make disciples. And it's a benefit for every human being. And it is of benefit to every human being to live a life of purpose on earth and in eternity with God in heaven. How does that make you feel? think that you're going to be in eternity with God in heaven. 
The third thing this morning is that it was for God's kingdom. Luke 2 verse 49 shows us that when Jesus uh, was on earth, Jesus says that he was about the Father's business. The Father's business, I believe, is kingdom business. It's the people business. It's about growing people, growing disciples. Even in our passage, it says teaching disciples. Growing ourselves as disciples. And it's about leading people to God. It's about expanding God's kingdom through grace and mercy. You know, we ran a ministry uh, when we were the young adults pastors at the city church. Uh, we called it the Big Kiwi Barbecue. I think that's what we called it. Uh, I'm a Samoan, so I love to eat. And we figured that everyone else loved to eat. But it was a ministry that we held for uh, the, the universities in the city. And so once every six, six months or so after orientation week, we would invite students to come down and, and, and join us in the big Kiwi barbecue. Sausages, steak, hash browns, all of that good stuff. And then after that, we would run a ministry for them, uh, a sports ministry, uh, which is very much more like a life group, where once a week they would come in and within the church, uh, we'd be playing badminton, indoor soccer. And just mixing with all of these students that had come in from out of town, out of New Zealand. And of the of the the two to, of the two hundred to two hundred and fifty students who would get at the barbecue, uh, which was a lot of people to feed, <coughs> we had a few barbecues. I, I just felt so at home. It's good. But of the two to two hundred and fifty students that we had, we'd only get about thirty who came. Uh, to the sports life group. Of that 30, we'd only get about four or five who came to church. But of that four or five, and, and these were all these were all foreigners. Of that four or five, we'd often see two or three of them going back home to their Muslim countries as Christians. I know today that some of the students uh, who came through that season of ministry, they're key leaders in the church in New Zealand now. Some of them leading ministries bigger than the one that we had when they came into the kingdom. And you know, we're probably never going to see, and, and I'm probably never going to see the full impact of their ministries or the full ripple effect of what's happened from that seed that got or got planted in a barbecue. But all of us who are involved in that hope, and we pray that as we played our part to sow a seed, that there are other Christians out there who are continuing to water that. And we're believing that as that happens, God is going to grow His kingdom through it. We may never know the impact of that till we get to heaven. We won't ever know the impact of that till we get to heaven. So here's 
the biggest lesson I learned about missions in that season. We were doing missions to the nations in the local setting. We were evangelizing people for Christ in our home, in our home church. And then these Christians were going home to their nations. And we can only hope that the fire they caught when they were with us spread as they went back home. Now, it's so easy to think that that missionary has to be about going to the nations, about leaving New Zealand and going into Cambodia going into another Southeast Asian nation. And you know what? Some people are called to do that. That is some people's calling to mission. But for the rest of us, believe it or not, and I believe it, the nations have come here. Just have a look around work tomorrow. I had a conversation on Friday afternoon with a Muslim colleague just after he'd had his Muslim prayer because they built a prayer room at our work that everyone can go in and pray in. We both went out to have late lunches. I was busy, so I had a late lunch. I asked him, well, are you having a late lunch? Yeah, just finished his prayer time. The nations aren't just out there anymore. The nations are here. And I believe that mission is about leading all people into a relationship with Jesus. That's why as a church we continue to go. That's why as a church we support those who continue to go. We're missionaries of the kingdom of God, sent by our king to make disciples and to build his kingdom. Now in Hebrews 13, verse 14 and 16, we read, for this world is not our permanent home. We're looking forward to a home yet to come. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to His name. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. You know, in mission, we share our gifts, we share our skills, we share our resources, whatever they may be, whether that's getting in and getting involved, whether that's going to another country and sowing there, whether that's giving financially, of your resources. We give of those things in mission uh, to lead people to the Father's house. To lead people back to the kingdom of God. Amen? Heaven is our home. And our mission on earth is to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that Jesus has commanded us. 
love God, love people. Church, will you allow that mission to sink into your hearts a little bit more over this month? mission of going, that mission of making disciples, that mission of teaching people to love God and to love people. It's God's will. Humanity gains everything, not only in the spiritual, but I believe as our communities begin to gain more in God, that it can transform communities. Humanity gains, and it's for God's kingdom.